0: Hello and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. I'll try to cut the sermon just a little short. But if I go over the eight hour mark just
1: a wee bit, I won't get too upset, I hope. Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 10. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As ye, as we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that we have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men, or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Let us pray. Take this word, our Father, and apply it to our hearts. Bless this church as we go forward in your word, as we prepare for revival, as we preach it and teach it and live it. Amongst the people around us who are not saved, would you bless us all to the end that your name would be honored and souls would be saved in Christ's name. Amen. I want to use the subject, distorting the gospel. The word distorting is not in the scripture that we read, but is the translation of the word pervert, there in the seventh verse. So you can think of it in those terms. Paul wrote the gospel of Galatians, not to a single church, but to a number of churches that were in the area called Galatia. Galatia is a, is a country, a, a, an area of Asia Minor. He had established several churches on his first missionary journey. He traveled through Asia Minor, stopping in communities and there preaching the gospel, and people were converted, and a small church was developed. And he nurtured these small churches and, and got them started and then a couple of years later he writes this letter and he is very disturbed by what he is finding because the churches were not living according to what he had preached. They, they have had people come into them and preach differently than he had preached and they in fact have, had so distorted what the truth really was that the church had gone astray from the gospel. And it is this point that Paul makes And he makes it very clearly, and I want, I hope, to make it very clear this evening. This is happening in our churches today. People are distorting the gospel to the point that people don't know what to believe nor why they believe it, and many people are being scattered. We have churches being torn apart by a distortion of the truth. And Paul is very emphatic in this reading of the scripture. But if anybody preaches any gospel different than what I'm preaching to you, don't you receive him. Don't welcome him. And this is the point that that he makes. Now, he was disturbed by what he was finding. And the reason that he was disturbed was that some people, some false teachers were coming in and saying that you are saved by some other method than grace. Now, I know I preached a sermon maybe last Sunday the, Sunday before on, on uh, faith and works or, uh, um, on that subject as to whether we're saved by faith or whether we're saved by works. Paul makes it very clear without question By anybody who will study the scriptures at all, he makes it very clear that a person is saved by the grace of God and by no other way. Absolutely no other way. But people come along and start teaching all kinds of things and distort the truth. They teach lies that you've got to belong to a particular denomination, for example, if you're going to be saved. And you know churches who advocate that. If you're not a member of the Church of Christ, you're not going to be saved. That's not scriptural. There is no place in the scripture that teaches that fact. It's a distortion of the truth when it's taught. Uh, There are others who would teach other things. But most particularly, I want to talk about this evening, those who would distort the fact that you've got to do something on your own to be saved, that salvation comes by some other method. Paul said to Ephesians in 2.8, By grace are you saved through faith, and that not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, how much clearer can the gospel be made? By grace are you saved. Not of works. Not of anything that any person could do or should do. Paul preaches emphatically that salvation is by the gospel. And listen, that's the only gospel I'll preach. If you don't want to hear that salvation is by grace, you don't want to listen to me preach. If you want to hear that there's something that you can do to be saved, don't listen to me because I'm not going to tell you that. It just isn't here. It's not in the scripture. Don't expect me to tell you you've got to be baptized to be saved because it's not in the Scripture. Don't expect me to tell you you've got to join this church to be saved because it's not there. The only thing that is in the scripture about salvation is it is an act that God does to man, not what man does for anything. Salvation is what God does. All man does is receive, open himself up, and admit the Holy Spirit that God sends to come into a person's life. Nothing else. Now, it's then, according to Paul, which I believe is is certainly the gospel without question, uh, according to Paul, then it is grace or it is nothing. It's grace or nothing at all. If we could put it in an equation and say, grace plus anything equals nothing. Listen to those words. Grace plus anything, equals nothing. Now that's not good mathematics, but it's a good theology. It is grace with nothing added, and if you want to add something to grace to be saved, you have nothing. Now here comes the problem. We want, or people want, to add to grace as if man must Accomplish something in order for God to save him. I hear it prayed by many people. I haven't heard it in this church, I don't think, but I've heard it over the years. In death, save us. Listen, that's not scriptural. We're saved now, not just in death. It is the grace of God that performed the miracle in our lives that gives us eternal life, and we have it now. And once we have it, it's something that we'll not lose. But we have people coming along and saying With all of these other things, you've got to, well, for example, one of the things they say you've got to do is you've got to be separated. The scripture says, come ye out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. And so some preacher comes along and says, look, church, we need to take you out of the American Baptist Convention. Because that's not a good place to be. We've got to separate. We're going to become independent Baptists." You know what an independent Baptist is? It's a person who can't get along with anybody. Anytime you become independent, you are labeling yourself as incapable of cooperating. That's what you're doing. In, even independent Baptists try to cooperate with other independent Baptists and can't quite achieve it. Now I'm being tough on on some groups tonight and I make no apology for it. No apology at all. The scripture does not say come out from amongst American Baptist churches and be independent Baptist churches. That's not what it says. It says come out from amongst the heathen. Not other believers. We certainly can cooperate and fellowship and commune with other Christian people, can we not? Are we so naive to think that there will be no Methodists in heaven? Are we so naive to think that there will be no uh, Presbyterians in heaven? Or any other group? Surely we're not that naive. If we cannot fellowship with each other here, how are we going to accomplish it there? The people that we're not going to fellowship in heaven are the ones that we're to separate from here. And that's the heathen, the unbelievers. Come out from amongst unbelieving people and identify yourselves as Christian. That's what the Scripture says. Or don't we start believing what the Scripture says instead of being so uh, distorted in our thinking that it means we've got to get over here corner all by ourselves and not fellowship with anybody. Because they might not think or believe like we really want to think or believe. I can sit down with, with anybody, even a Catholic and worship the same God. And worship the same Christ. Because that's what saves us. It's the blood of Christ that saves, not our membership in some group or our lack of membership in some group. I don't care if we call ourselves American Baptists, or Southern Baptist or General Association of Regular Baptists, or uh, whatever the title might be, I think that it's time that we recognize that God's children are God's children, regardless of the man-made label that is placed upon us, and that we can communicate and fellowship together. And anybody who tries to come into a church group and tear them out of their roots and separate them to somewhere else, I believe cannot possibly be doing the Lord's work. There's something wrong in their basic concepts of the Scripture. But there are groups who come along and do that. The Church of Christ will preach grace plus baptism plus church membership is necessary if you're going to be saved. The Scripture doesn't say any of those things. The Mormons will come along and teach that you've got to believe the Bible, but in addition to the Bible, you've got to believe the the Book of the Mormon. There's nothing in the Scripture that talks about the Book of the Mormon. The Catholics say you've got to have grace, plus you've got to work for your salvation. There's nothing there that says that. The Pentecostal people say you've got to have grace, plus you've got to speak in tongues. You see how we start adding on things that we've got to do and we call those works and we must do these works if we're going to have this grace. But there's nothing in the scripture that says in order to get this grace you've got to do all these sorts of things. All you've got to do is open up your heart and receive. That's what the scripture says. So let's not be hung up on the the teachings of some groups who have, in fact, I believe, in verse 7, distorted the gospel. And some of our own Baptist churches are doing the very same thing. Paul said, I find this very disturbing. Well, I find it disturbing too. What is a sign of the times. In 2 Thessalonians, Paul talks about a falling away, that there will have to be a falling away from the faith before the end of time. We have people who are falling away from the faith. I think probably it's because there has been so many people who have distorted the gospel. We've all gone to carnivals or fairs, circuses, and they have those mirrors and one of those booths that distorts you. You know, you can become real fat if you stand in one of them. You can be real thin if you stand in another. I always stood before the real thin one. What'd you stand for, Bill? Oh, that's what I thought you probably would. Anybody stand before the fat one? Why, you know, it distorts us. It gives us back a false image. A false impression. And that's what people are doing to the gospel in this day and time, and that kind of thing is of the devil. This is the way the devil can reach in amongst Christian people and tear them apart and disturb them and separate them and divide them and cause them to go different ways. Most times when new churches are established, it's done because of a distortion of the gospel. Churches need to be established. There are very few of them being done I was a pastor of a church that was, that was established by one man. He had a vision. He was a, a medical doctor who wanted to go to the mission field and couldn't go. He had a vision in a, in a part of the community where there was no church, that there ought to be a Baptist church. He talked to the First Baptist Church of Columbus, Indiana, and asked them to send a small nucleus of people from that church out to the community, and there establish a the church. That church had no vision but, and would not do it. But one man collected three or four people around him who had the same vision, and they went and established the church. A church needs to be established by another church. But most of the times our churches are multiplying by dividing, and that's the wrong way to establish a church. We need to be strong in our organization. And we will be strong in our organization when we are united in what we believe. But we're standing before that odd looking mirror sometimes. We get a terrible image back. And we portray a terrible image to the community the world. They're saying, if that's what the church is, I don't want any part of it. In verse 8 and 9, Paul says, even though we are an angel, notice what he said, whether it's us or an angel from heaven preaches any other gospel than that which we preach, let him be accursed. John said in 2 John verse 10, if there comes any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, and neither bid him Godspeed. If anybody wants to preach to you salvation by anything else but grace, bid him goodbye. Don't let him in your pulpit. Don't let him stand before your Sunday school class. Don't let him teach the kids because it's not Scripture. It can't be found there. We need to be very clear. Allow any preacher to do anything with it except what that church wants done. And why I'm saying this is we have churches being torn apart in our country. We have a lot of churches who are being pulled out of the American Baptist Convention by stupidity, by ignorance. And it's being done by good people who are misguided, misdirected. We've got to stand firm. I don't want to see this church or any other church, I ever have anything to do with distort the gospel. But let's, let's take what's here. And Paul says salvation is by grace through faith plus nothing. Brother, if it's good enough for Paul, it's good enough for me. And I can't find any place else in the scripture where anybody challenges him on it. That's the yeah. only way. And that's what we're going to preach. That's what Bill's going to preach revival the time. That's all we're going to do. The grace of God